Hi, I'm David Spellman with the Marijuana Solution. In this podcast, Robert Roundtree speaks with a U.S. Army vet suffering from PTSD who's been charged with cultivating cannabis. Attorney Michael Minardi will be representing him using a medical necessity defense at his upcoming Florida trial. So please listen and send this link to others that might benefit from hearing his difficult story. Could you tell us a little bit about your background and what it was that led you to cannabis? Um, honestly, I started taking medication while I was still in the Army. And uh, it, they all had bad side effects, like losing sleep, gain weight, lose weight, um, everything. Else and how many medications were you taking? Uh, over the past five, six years, probably about 60 different medications. Wow. And yeah, it's a lot. what were you taking those medications for, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, anxiety, social anxiety, PTSD, sleep apnea, um, uh, major depression, pain, <coughs> fibromyalgia, all kinds of stuff, mood stabilizers, wow. all, all kinds of different things. Okay. And... For how many years were you on this many medications or trying different ones and whatever drug cocktails they were trying to get you to take? Uh, well, about five, six years. And what was your life like during those five or six years? Uh, it depended month to month on what medication they had me on. I could be having bad side effects or just groggy like a zombie on the couch somewhere and couldn't really function. In your opinion, would you say that your quality of life was negatively affected by the prescription drugs you were taking? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Honestly, in a lot of terms, like, I still have good relationships with, like, my ex-wife and things like that. So, you know, when you get a strike from the source. And she told me that it made me worse. Like, everything got worse. That's something Whenever that I started taking medication. Yeah, from, you know, from my personal experience dealing with opiates and muscle relaxers and other types of pain and tension and muscle spasm drugs that they would give me, I was a hand, I mean, more than a handful to deal with. I mean, I, I wouldn't know how I was feeling from one minute to the next, so, I mean, I can only imagine what you were going through. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's... It was crazy. And, you know, I think that's something that people who may not agree with cannabis or, or even understand the plant don't really understand what it's like for somebody that is on as many medications as you are on top of trying to deal with the underlying conditions that those medications are supposed to be treating. Right. Tell us a little bit about how you came to realize that cannabis you know, could not only help, but maybe replace some of those medications? Well, it <clears throat> it all started with kind of like peer pressure. I was dating a girl, she smoked religiously all day, every day. And she'd be like, oh, I don't feel good, or I'm not happy, or something. And she'd smoke, and she'd, she'd feel better. So she went on just trying to get me to smoke, give me smoke. And I kept, no, I'm good, I'm good. And uh, one day, I was, I was just kind of like, fail with it. Okay, why not? So uh, I did. I hit a blunt a couple times, and then I started hitting it a little bit every day. And I started noticing I wasn't taking my medications, and I was feeling better, and I was getting up and going to do things. <laughs> so I started doing my research and what was going on in uh, Colorado and the fact that opioids and everything dropped dramatically and started researching on why. And then I started researching the plant itself, and I was convinced. So I weighed out the options and everything, and I thought the the reward was worth the risk. So I went for it, and I went to grow my own plants. So 
I knew what was there, and it helped me. So that's that's, that's what I did. <clears throat> and it helped me stop taking, I think I was taking nine medications for the last eight months. I've been taking nine medications three times a day. So, wow. and I was able, and I was able to quit all of those. So it helps. And then I don't even take my, yeah, and I don't take my pain medication like I used to. Like I was taking my pain medication like I'm supposed to, uh, once a day to twice a day, every day. And I quit taking bike, bike and pins every day and I can go three, four days without taking one. Wow. And so, this one singular organism that we call cannabis has been able to replace all of the pharmaceutical medications except for an occasional pain reliever. That's right. Huh. You know, this is where my head starts to hurt because these stories like yours of medical necessity, they just continue to play out over and over and over again. And I, I personally don't understand why everyone hasn't really gotten the message that it's better for somebody to use a plant they can cultivate than consume nine to ten pharmaceutical pills every day and destroy their liver. But that's what we're here to talk about. Um, oh well, I, I wasn't. I wasn't just smoking it either. Like the leaves, whenever I trim my plants, I'd take them, I'd trim them, yeah, and I'd I'll cut the leaves off, and I'd, I'd eat the leaves in a salad. Like, you get different benefits from different parts of the plants, different ways that you, you do it. And that actually helped my digestive system. Was eating the leaves. Oh, absolutely. People with Crohn's and um, other GI issues, they do really yeah. well juicing the plant. But, you know, to be able to juice it, you need a lot of raw material. So I can definitely see the benefit of consuming the leafy vegetables. Oh, yeah. And like, doing, like I said, I did a lot of research, like a lot of research before I started risking my job and everything else and going to court and whatever else may come from what I was doing. I did a lot of research. And our bodies are actually built for it. Like we had to consume this plant for over 2,000 years consecutively for us to have cannabinoid receptors, which I thought was really cool. <laughs> and... Yeah, you know, we have the cannabis. science kind of proves itself. Oh, absolutely. I made a meme, and it was a baby sucking from his mother's breast, and it says, cannabinoids are in breast milk. Does that mean my baby and mother are illegal? You know, because it's really that simple. We make our own endogenous cannabinoids to service those receptors, but when we have a depletion in them for whatever is going wrong with our system, the phytocannabinoids from the cannabis plant is our only option. Right. They're made in very, very small amounts in some other plants, but you couldn't get enough of those other plants together for it to be any type of effective medicine. So I think the cannabis plant is a miracle to mankind, personally. Um, oh, yeah. Now, we're... You say you're not only smoking it, you're using the flowers, but you're using the leaves and the salad. And sounds like you were using the whole plant. Would you say yep. that's accurate? Yeah, I was using the whole plant. The only thing I wasn't really using um, was, like, the stalk. That's that's really the only thing I wasn't using, like, the leaves and the small uh, parts of the leaves, like, like kind of like a branch, but it's really easy, like they're soft. That's that's all I'd use. All the the main branches and the stock I wouldn't use, but the flower and leaves and everything else, yeah, I did. Okay, and so you're growing it. You're using all of the plant. Were you selling this to anybody? Were you, you know, nope. distributing it at all? I'm just wondering why they came and kicked your door down. Um, so. No, actually, I had my plants, and they 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 were grown, and they were they were getting ready to flower. And, I mean, they had the hairs and the uh, sugars and everything, and they were getting ready to flower. And uh, somebody had turned me in before they had flowered once. And, like, I was very discreet. I was sitting in the back of my property, and you had to search for you. <laughs> and uh, they turned me in before I ever had one uh, one plant flower, and I never sold it to anybody. I didn't plan to. 
So how much did they actually catch you with, and what were the, what kind of weight did they say? Uh, honestly, they haven't told me any weight, but I know I had 19 plants, and only five were uh, adult plants and flower. The rest were juvenile plants. And, uh, yeah, that was it. And I had, like, four or five that had just germinated. And how many, like, how large were these plants, would you say? Um, my five, my five full adult plants were about seven feet tall. So if you were to juice that, all of them, that wouldn't even last you that long. No, I'd, at all. if if I if I took them and I bagged them up like I planned to, because I was going to do um, a vacuum seal for the bags, and I was going to take the leaves and cut them up like a salad and vacuum seal them, and then use uh the flowers and break it down into the actual oil, which you take, which helps your entire body. And then I was going to take some flowers and I was going to keep them for my bud. Yeah. And that like makes I, 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 I'd planned on using the entire plant in every way I possibly could. <laughs> because like taking That's the oil itself, the oil itself is good for you by itself. Is good for you. It helps build your immune system and everything else. Uh, the leaves are good for your digestive tract, and then the smoking it kind of makes you relax. You get anxiety or be around people, you get anxiety, and it calms it down. And how much more effective would you say that cannabis has been for you than the medications you've tried, the 60 medications you've tried over the last few years? Uh, they've been the same ballpark. No, not not nowhere close. Like they had me on uh, uh, Seroquel. Seroquel made me feel like I was on the TV show The Walking Dead, and I was on the dead side. And I just kind of stuck around. And then they had me on Xanaxes, but when I took it, I went to sleep. And there was no waking me for about twelve to fourteen hours. And then there was pot. And I can take it, smoke it, and eat it. And take the the oil, and the most that's going to last me is two or three hours to where I'm hungry, happy, and sleepy. Couldn't really beat it. You really sound like a danger to society when you're talking about hungry, happy, and sleepy. You know that. That's probably why they kicked your door down. You're going to eat up too many Cheetos on your couch. <laughs> yeah, I, I was definitely a, a, a danger to society. <laughs> I mean, Not it's so absurd. Means, um, you know, if if you're yeah, like, living on the line right now in your freedom, um, I would almost want to laugh at it. Uh, what jurisdiction? Well, I are you mean, in? I mean, it it is my freedom and everything, and there is punishments for whatever. Then I I knew I knew were there. Like I knew they were they were possible. I knew I knew I could get in trouble for having the plant. However, I thought as long as I could sit there and be happy. And I can feel better and not take this medication. And I can be with my kids, run around, laughing, take them swimming, and go out to places around people. My reward was well worth it. Like they, they, they can give me what they offered. Like they could give me what they offered me to begin with, and I'd be happy because I'm not going to stop. I can't. I'm not going back on all all the all the pills and stuff. Well, no, I mean, the way you just described it, it sounds like you had almost zero quality of life prior to it, not leaving your oh, yeah. house, you know. I, I mean, I, sh- I, shut myself, I shut myself away. <laughs> like, the medication, like, because I have major depression, too. And the medication would uh, <clears throat> would really mess with me, and it sent me into really bad depression. And then I just cut myself off from everybody, my kids. My now ex-wife, um, everyone, and uh, well, pie helps like a lot. Yeah, like I, yeah, lo- I, I lost, I lost a lot because I didn't find it sooner. Yeah, I, I can relate to your story. You know, I, I have an ex-wife because of issues that I was dealing with that are, you know, very similar to yours. I was taking a lot of prescription pills, uh, whether they were prescribed to me or not, they were not doing me any good. Right. And it, it ruined it. 
cannabis industry professionals. Want to gain some new leads? Make genuine business connections and get premier brand exposure? This is your opportunity. NCIA's new industry socials are coming soon to Portland, Maine, New Jersey, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Miami. Sponsorship opportunities available. Register today. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million and smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Register before May 1st for an early bird discount of 50% off now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Join us for the 2019 U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo August 3rd and 4th in Miami. Register now at usccexpo.com. Expo.com. What jurisdiction was it that you were, you had your door wrongfully kicked in and basically all of your human rights violated? Um, say that one more time. What what jurisdiction kicked your door down? Was it the sheriff's office or the police? Uh, it was uh, actually it was two detectives, <laughs> and they were just in an unmarked truck, knocked on the door, and I had my kids here. And uh, they knocked on the door, and they said that they uh, had been told that I had pot plants. Could I take them to them? Or actually, they weren't looking for me. They were looking for the girl I was with. But uh, I told them, no, they're mine, and uh, walked them right back there to them. But it was uh, Ocala, Ocala Police Department in uh, Marion, Florida, Marion County, Florida. And the guy actually, the detective was actually telling me how to grow the stuff. <laughs> he was like, well, you shouldn't be doing it in here. You should be doing it with lights over here and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I know. I just don't have money like that. But he was telling me all kinds of stuff on ways to grow it. And he was like, I don't really agree with it, but it's the law, so whatever, blah, blah, blah. I said, all right, I got you. I understand. I knew it was a possibility and accepted what had come of it. Yeah, did you know about the medical necessity defense? Uh, I actually did not. <laughs> I had no idea until after the detectives had came and they cut my plants and took them with them. And uh, I panicked. I was like, okay, okay this, this is a pretty good felony. I can do up to five years in prison. I'm like, all right, pretty serious. So I started searching and I'm actually going to college to uh, to grow plants. Like, I'm going for agricultural science, uh, specializing in horticulture, and then going for my botanist degree. And, uh, oh, man. <laughs> How has this affected uh, your, your school? Um, it, it really hasn't affected my school. Like, like I go to school, okay. I do all my stuff and everything, but school is where I met a guy that had cured his liver cancer. And uh, he's actually a pretty good friend. And uh, he's the one that had turned me on to Michael Minardi, which is an absolutely amazing guy, and I thank him every day. And uh, he had told me about Michael Minardi and... Uh, talking about a medical necessity. So I started researching it. So he kind of put me on the path to where I needed to go. And then I got a hold of Michael Minardi. And uh, that's really whenever I learned about the uh, medical necessity. 
Sorry, I'm kind of sick. That's okay. I, I appreciate you being willing to take this time to speak with me and get this information out. You know, there's a lot of people out there that could definitely they don't, they don't understand, um, and then they don't put forth yeah, the no. effort to understand. It's just no, it's been bad for this many years. But did you know before that that hemp was everything? Clothing, your sails, boats, wood, furniture, everything. And then one day they decided it was even medicine before it was yeah. illegal. It was in about 30, 30 to 70% of medicine, depending on whose account that you listen to. But suffice yeah. to say, a ton of it before when you leave. I mean, I mean, it was medicine before, and they used it forever. And then all of a sudden, we decided it was illegal. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's absurd, honestly. It's absolutely absurd, you know, and the stigma of people who grow cannabis, I don't think they ever put out the, you know, disabled veteran that has a bunch of conditions who replaced a bunch of his prescription pills. That's not like the ideal face for the anti-cannabis people to put out there, but the reality is that's the vast majority of people cultivating cannabis in the state, and I know a lot of them. And they're just like you, they're just trying to feel better. They just want a good quality of life. They just want to spend time with their family. You know, they don't want to be hiding in the shadows because they feel ashamed for the way they feel and the way they yearn for these drugs. And they don't even make them really feel good. They make them feel worse. Like, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, it was crazy. Even just growing the plants was crazy. Because, like, I became to where I went every day and I checked on the plants. I watered the plants. Um, I'd trim the plants and everything. Like, I was constantly out there doing something with them, and it actually became, like, a passion. Like, I liked it. It made me feel, made me feel good. Like, not like going to work, like, oh, man, this sucks. I got to go do this and this. But it's something I looked forward to doing just because it made me kind of, I don't know, I don't know if I was proud of them or what it was, but it, it was it was calming. <laughs> so I didn't even have yeah, to eat absolutely. the plant. I didn't have to eat the plant or anything. Just growing it kind of made me feel better. Oh, yeah. It's very therapeutic to cultivate things, and especially when that thing you're cultivating happens to be saving your life from, you know, a toxic pharmacy hellhole. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what it I'm is, going to call it for, is I actually plan on whenever they make it legal like they did in Colorado, I want to work in a nursery if I can't on my own. Like, yeah, absolutely. And why you know, not? Like, hopefully, I've, I've, I've learned some stuff I could help, and it'd be helping somebody else. And that's kind of become, like, my passion now. So I joined college, and it's what I went for, and that's what I plan on doing. And that, that's really good to hear. You know, that's that's what it becomes for a lot of people when they start to get familiar with this plant and realize what it does and, you know, how wrong everyone's been about it. A, a lot of people just end up wanting to share the love and spread the medicine, and that's what it's about is helping people. And that's why we're talking to you right now to hopefully get you, you know, your, your real story out there because it sounds like you got hemmed up. Uh, with some bullshit, in my opinion. Excuse my French. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. To, yeah, let's go back to what caused you to get on the medication to begin with, and and this um and it happened in the army. You said. Yeah, I was I was military and army. Okay. Um, do you care to talk about what it was at first? You know, what first prompted all all of this? Was there a um, incident, uh, or was it PTSD related to your service? Yeah, a, a, a lot of it's a lot of it's PTSD related. Uh, I deployed. I went to Iraq, and we do what we do over there, and uh, right. come home. Right. And I'd probably been home about a month, and I really, I I didn't even know. I was just kind of on autopilot. But I drank from the time I got up to the time I went to bed. I pushed my wife, and my kids away. And uh, one night, my wife had woke me up, and I was on top of her choking her. So, oh, wow. Uh, she had taken me in and told me I was screaming and yelling and I'd get up and hit the wall, all kinds of stuff. 
And she told me I needed to go get help. <laughs> and uh, so I went for help. And then they just loaded me up on pain medication from or pain medication and uh, psychiatric meds, all kinds of stuff from then on. Like they had me diagnosed with PTSD from uh, deployment because I don't care what anybody says, you don't like going over there. And uh, <clears throat> so yeah, it it caused some problems over there and. I got to bring them home, and my my wife had got. Yeah, you me. had no choice. Yeah, my wife had made me go get help, so they loaded me up with medication, and I was pretty much on autopilot, just doing whatever I was told to do, and not living. I didn't do anything ever. I mean, would you even classify that period of your time as being fully conscious of what was going on? Oh no, most definitely not. Most definitely not. Like I've 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 got parts that honestly, like if if I was anybody else other than who I am, I'd call bullshit. But there's like months upon months to where I can't remember nothing that happened. Like months at a time. That I I just I don't know. Yeah, and you know that that's something common that I hear a lot from Speaking with veterans, that's something that's actually very near and dear to my heart. I was a veteran myself. I also have PTSD unrelated to my service, but I can definitely empathize a little bit. I have no clue the issues that you're talking about and most of the veterans I talk about, but, but I can, you know, kind of imagine why the things go on that they do here. And I'm just thankful that you were able to find the cannabis plant, to be honest with you. Um, last month, one of my buddies who was an EOD diver died from an accidental overdose. That's the second person I know this year that died from an accidental overdose trying to do what you were trying to do, which was get help, you know? Yeah. That's all they're trying to do. Uh, now, you said that you basically were sound like unconscious for much of that period, much less fully conscious. Now, what does the cannabis plant do to your consciousness? Um, it calms me down, actually, because I, I, like, I think a lot, and my mind's all over the place. But when I smoke, it kind of calms me down and lets me keep a train of thought. Because if not, I'm sitting here and I'm watching everything. I, I'm, I don't want to call it paranoid, but they've got another name for it, uh, like hyper-alertness or something. Yeah. Like, like, like I'm just always watching everything, and I can smoke and I can I can chill, and I can concentrate and I can actually sit there and focus. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm just all over the place. I can't keep a train of thought. Yeah. So then it sounds like it it actually allows you to become more aware and actually focus. Yeah. Yeah. And the cool yeah. thing is, is yeah. I don't go through withdrawals if I forget to take it the next day. No, you don't. You sure don't. And it doesn't matter if you smoked a pound the day before, you're not going to go through withdrawal. You just may notice no. that some of your issues are coming back. But the uh, yeah. the cannabis plant, you, it would take a tremendous amount of really concentrated oil to do any harm to you. And we're talking about lots, you're talking, lots of it. Yeah, I was going to say you're talking about like a lot. Of something that somebody right. is, like put in this yeah. IV. Well, I'm talking about like like gallons of pure oil might put you to sleep. You know, not like dead asleep, but you might be forced into a slumber. But that would take like 50 pounds of cannabis yeah, plants. This, like, that's that's something extreme. That's like that's something yeah, you would yeah, see out of a scary movie or something. <laughs> yeah, but that's how ridiculous it is when they talk about yeah. these studies. Um, about the LD50, which is what they term for the amount that would be toxic to the point of death, it's like in the many, 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 many pounds, like for a mite, for a mouse. Like it's so absurd. It's so safe. Like two Tylenol are more poisonous to you than ten pounds of pot. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I like the whole Cat Williams thing. Uh, 
Take 12 aspirin and it'll be the last headache ever. <laughs> they can sit here and get yeah. your man on fire. It just so helps to get you high. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, and you know, man, it takes you, it takes you so much to die. You, there's never been one. So you don't, you, you can't even die from it. It'll just make you go to sleep. That's, yeah, that's the whole absurd part about it. Like, you could literally consume yourself into a good slumber and that's it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, you really, you can't, there's, there's never been a death from pot ever. Zero. Zero. There's more deaths from pin caps every year than pot in orders of magnitude from people just choking on them while they're chewing on them in school. Right. More That's people die in bathtubs. Really messed up. <laughs> yeah. More people trip and fall over their front step and hit their head and die every year. More people die from skating accidents every year. More people die from getting struck by lightning. So if that's Man, not a, more people die in the emergency room. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. More people die from MRSA that they catch in the fucking hospital. More people die from the pills they give you. Um, oh yeah. Everything you can die from is more than what cannabis death add up to, which is zero. Man. And that's where it gets really ridiculous, and you have to wonder why it's so bad. But that's. You know, hopefully the well, tipping I mean, if, if, if you give everybody the cure, you get rid of all the customers. You do. So, I mean, you I, really I mean, you think about it, your big pharmaceuticals lose out on a whole bunch of stuff if all of a sudden we can research uh, marijuana or cannabis, whatever you want to call it, and so then actually the find a cure for cancer and anxiety and PTSD all in one plant. And it's so free for everybody to grow. You lose a whole bunch of money. Prisons lose money. Jails lose money. Judges. Everybody. Lawyers. Right. So, you know, for me, the most obvious question comes down to the state attorney in your district. Does he care about people and human beings, or does he care about these for-profit prisons? You know, and right. that's what it's going to come down to, because... This is a clear, in my opinion, and I'm no attorney, but a clear case of medical necessity. I mean, you're eating the leaves in a salad. Like, nothing is going anywhere, you know? Like, there, there's no part of the plant leaving your body, and you've replaced countless medications that cause you to lose your family, break it apart, you're, you're divorced, um, you're on autopilot, you couldn't think straight, much less even knew what was going on sometimes, including blackouts, and now you're fully aware, fully conscious, loving life, enjoying time with your kids, and it sounds like you at least have a cordial, uh, friendly relationship with your ex-wife? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we talk just about every day, and, like, I talked to her about the case, and I told her I was, like, we actually talk about the marijuana stuff. She's glad I found it, because... I just wasn't myself beforehand. So, like, she tell, she she tells me just keep going, and I'm going to keep going. Yeah, absolutely, like, you know. And like, they, like they, they offered me. This would happen. I, mean, I, I knew it was possible. I knew it was possible for me to get no, in no, trouble. Not, and, no, not. Oh, no, 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 hold on. Let me stop you real quick. Sorry. Okay. Not not the bad that's happened, but did you ever expect that when you started consuming that you would be able to tell someone you have a good relationship with your ex-wife and, you know, you were happy and fully aware? I mean, did you think it would be that beneficial to you? Oh, no. Or did it surprise you? No, it honestly, it kind of, it, it kind of shocked me because it wasn't, it wasn't really the first night that I'd noticed. It was like a week or two. And I actually noticed, like, hey, I'm not taking my medications. Hey, I'm laughing. Hey, we're, like, I took the kids to this place we call the Cliffs, and we swing out on a rope and we jump into the uh, the river out here, uh, Silver Springs River. It was awesome. And it was all because, like, finally I stopped taking medication, made me want to sit on my ass, and started smoking pot, and I was happy. Let's go do something. Yeah, the whole stigma of being a lazy pothead just doesn't apply, does it? Oh no, not at all. I mean, like, like people people think like like if you sit there and you tell them, yeah, I'm a pothead, 
I, I smoke every day religiously. Uh, they just kind of look at you like, you know, you're not really what I thought you'd be. And, like, if people only knew, like, yeah, I smoke pot every day, every day. Smoke in the morning, lunch, and then right before I go to bed. And it helps me through the whole day. And if I'd sit there and I told them, I wake up at 4.30 in the morning and I drive to Orlando, which is an hour and a half away, every morning at 4.30 in the morning to go to work. And then I come home and I go to college until 8.30. And then I have my kids and we go do stuff. Like, I'm busy. I, when I do sit down, I sit down. But it's not often. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo. Register for an early bird discount now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches, allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth, cheap skin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is him pink, that's the point Download and play while you life yourself a joint The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crap, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. So, basically cannabis has allowed you to become highly motivated and involved in life again. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, before before pot, I'd never even, like, I thought about going to college, but that's as far as it went with the pot. And I started smoking, and I'd seen what it was doing for me, and I liked it, and I liked growing it. It made me feel good. So I went and I did all my paperwork and did my VA paperwork and went to college. And I went to college for what I was passionate about. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I'm sorry, sometimes I'm at a loss for words because my simple mind, I hear your story, and I I just want to wonder why we're not uh, opening up community gardens already to get this stuff in the hands of whoever can benefit from it because it sounds like, you know, we could get a lot of these people that are unproductive and dumbed down on drugs back into contributing members of society like everyone wants to be. That's like the main reason people get real depressed because they start, at least in my opinion, in my experience, is yeah, you, not you feel excluded. And it's like a self, yeah, it, be, it just becomes a, you know, never-ending cycle. Um, <clears throat> how has it been for you since the arrest and eradication of your plant? Um, has life been a little more difficult since you have to... <sighs> You know, well, full access. Uh, after the arrest and they took my plants, we were not to put me into a, like, I started, I stopped smoking and I got depressed. I got scared. Like, I was afraid I was going to lose my kids. I was afraid I was going to go to jail or prison or whatever. So, I mean, I got rid of everything. I didn't have any pot in my house. I didn't have anything. I didn't have my plants. So I went into a depression. And then I lost my job. Uh, lost the girl I was with, <laughs> which is okay. Because it kind of works out for me. And, uh, yeah, I've lost everything again. And then I went to uh, my first court date with the state attorney, which I'm glad I found Michael Minardi because this dude didn't do anything. And uh found Michael Minardi, and I kind of got, like, a little bit of ease because I started smoking again. Like, I can't grow my plants, which, okay. Understand, I can't grow my plants, but you're not going to stop me from taking the medicine that I found to help me. So I continued to smoke again, and I felt better. And 
then I realized, shit, I'm by myself. And uh, kind of just kicked it back into gear. It's like, it's not going to stop me. It's not going to hold me down. I'm not going to let it. So I got back up, a little blunt, and started my day. Went and got another job that I absolutely loved. Um, going to college, getting straight A's. I think I got A, B. And, uh, yeah, just back on track, get my shit back. I'm not going to let them hold me back because they said, you can't have this plant. We'll put you on probation. You're going to put me in jail. Do it. It makes me happy. I'll find it in jail, too. You sure will, because there's not an institution in this country or world that doesn't have cannabis in it because it's that damn beneficial, and people that smuggle that stuff know people will pay for it. Yeah. I mean, like, like I don't want to say that, like, like I want them to put me in jail. I don't. I love my kids. I want to be here every day. That's why I'm not in the military. That and they let me loose because they had deemed me, um, well, they were trying to medically discharge me, but then they just said that I was, uh, what they call it, a liability. Yeah. <laughs> so they let me go. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I've, I've been through some stuff, but, I mean. Oh, yeah. I'd. I, if if it's going to take me away from my kids and stuff, I don't want it. So I'm not in the military. I won't go back. And I don't want to go to jail. don't want to go to prison. It's not me I feel bad for. I don't want to leave, lose my kids. And I want to be able to have my kids every day. I want to get up and go to work. I want to go to school. I want to grow my weed. And I want to smoke my weed. And I want to be happy. And I want to be left alone. Absolutely. Um, let's let's talk a little bit more about your children. Uh, how old are your children? Uh, I've got 14, 10, 9, and 6. So potentially oh four children could potentially four children could then suffer from PTSD because of their father being holed up in a box because you were curing or not curing but treating your PTSD. Um, I don't know. I'm sure you understand the irony of this situation and how oh, oh, ridiculous yeah. and bad it is. Oh yeah, uh, because you're right. But no, my my kids, my kids understand. Like I tell my kids, I I explain things to my kids. <laughs> like I tell them, look, when I was growing the plants, they didn't. Other than my oldest son, they didn't know what it was. They thought they were tomato plants. Like I explained it to my oldest son because he knows better. And he's smart. He's in middle school, and well, middle school is middle school now. <clears throat> and uh, so I explained right. everything to him, and I explained it to them. Like, look, Dad smokes this. I know it kind of stinks a little bit, but that's a good thing. Makes Dad happy, don't it? Yeah. Okay. And then they leave me alone, and I go and I smoke in my room, or I close the door and open the windows, and I smoke in there. And we start our day. We go do something. We sit there and watch TV, play video games, laugh, run around the house, do nothing, sit on the couch and cuddle. We we do things that families are supposed to do other than dads sitting there zoned out watching TV. So. Absolutely. Um, but what I think what I was referring to is the, the PTSD those poor children. Oh, for them, like. From, yeah, from I mean, not I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's hard for them, like, when I was in the military, too, but, like, I'm right. sure it's hard for them when I was in the military, but I'm sure, like, if I did go to jail, I'm sure it's going to cause, like, some kind of trauma to my kids, especially my oldest. My oldest is my shadow. Or, not my oldest, my oldest is, too, but my youngest is, like, attached to my hip. And every, yeah, he would have no clue why you were there. He wouldn't yeah. understand that. And, like, like, he freaks. Like, he, he likes coming to my house. We hang out and we cuddle. He's my cuddle bug, and uh, and I would, I'm pretty sure that would traumatize him. Yeah, it sure would, you know. And and that's what's so ridiculous. So again, I would ask the state attorney if it were me, and it's not me, but you know, is he prepared to cause four minors? to suffer PTSD when that's what their father was treating. Um, you know, I I just like to hear more of, like, the human side of things of these stories because your kids are intimately tied in with 
the result of this case and what may happen oh, yeah. um, to them. Yep, and in every way. Put all that. Absolutely. Uh, fortunately, their introduction, it sounds like, to cannabis, you know, your oldest one was the right way. You know, he, yeah. he'll probably be a lifelong believer after seeing the change. You know, I'm sure he's lived long enough to see the change that's occurred. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he he was old enough whenever I got back, and he seen who I was, then he seen who I was on medication, and he sees who I am now. And yeah, he likes he likes who I am yeah, now. So, oh, yeah, that makes yeah, me feel good. Yeah, so yeah, it man, makes me feel that's good. A feeling. Oh, yeah, I can only imagine, you know, like seeing my little one, he, he's just now 13 months old, but just seeing the feedback I get from him when he's happy with me. It, I mean, you couldn't put a price on it or you can't describe the feeling. Um, it, it's something that that you live for, you know, and strive for. To, that's what oh, you're yeah. doing it for, for the kids. Oh, yeah. Like, that's, that's, that's my whole thing is my actual goal is to have my own nursery as a business, my own nursery slash dispensary or whatever you want to call it. But. I just want the nursery part. And, uh, like, like I want to do it for me, but I want to do it because it will set my kids up forever. Like, forever. It's not only good for you and help everybody, but it's an incredibly booming industry. Like, huge. Yeah. I mean, look at Colorado. They're, they're putting so much money back into their state because of it. Like, it was the same post, like, $313 billion or something insane like that as far as tax revenue that went back to the state. It was, it was, it was 300, it was probably 300 and something million because their market was a little over a billion. But, but that's huge because Colorado, you know, orders of magnitude smaller than Florida. (laughs) I did say billion. Like, in Florida, in the in Florida, we're gonna have probably five hundred thousand patients in a billion dollar market, you know, within a handful of years once these politicians, you know, pull their pants up and start acting like big boys and get the medicine into our hands. But once it goes recreational in Florida, I mean you're looking at a multi, multi billion dollar market. Um Oh yeah. And it's it's product that sells itself because it works. It's safe, it's effective, it can be used for everything from oil to plastic to um, paper to textiles to I saw a thing the other day they were using it to suck oil off of a water like a pool of water and it didn't pull up any water just the oil just went right into the hemp so everything you can think of I think the last counts a little north of a thousand uses for this plant I mean it seems like a no-brainer to me I don't think anything oh, yeah. that can be done at this point will stop it from full legalization, I think it'll just be more bullshit tactics to slow it down. But it it, w- it will be. They'll they'll do everything they can to stop it or slow it down. But I mean it's it's not gonna stop. <laughs> I mean once you kinda open people no, up and they, they start to realize, hey look, this is scientific fact. I mean, you catch them people or you catch the people that look at other people and are like, Well, you know, I kinda I see it. It's somebody in my family now and they realize and then they'll change their minds, and it's it's coming. It's just when. You know what it's I mean? Coming like 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 it, it's it's here, and they're not gonna they're not gonna push it more than two years, I'd say. And it'll it'll all be passed, <laughs> and then everybody will realize the yeah. the stuff works. It definitely should. Like like it it um, really works. Yeah, it works. It's amazing. It's safe. It's effective. Uh, people use it for all kinds of stuff. And unfortunately, you know, veterans with PTSD just trying to put their family back together like yourself get caught up when you're just trying to use a plant out of medical necessity because had you continued down the other route, I don't think I would have been talk- getting able to talk to you in another five to ten years because you might not have been here because I've seen it happen time and time and time again. So we're going to do everything we can to get your story out and to rally some support behind you. Um, 
if you end up going to court, I'll be there. Okay, awesome. Crazy reason I'm not in Florida. Yeah, no. I, I, I'll organize at least a handful of people to show up because we want to make sure people know the truth. Um, yeah, absolutely. Want anything other than trying to heal yourself. Once again, illegally healing. Those are two words that should never go together. Ever. Nope. It really shouldn't. <laughs> it, it, it really shouldn't. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be illegal to. I, I called it self-preservation. Is what I kept saying. I kept telling my kids yeah. it was self-preservation. Like I'm, I'm going back and I'm trying to remember a bunch of things and be happy and be normal. And my oldest gets it. The rest of them just kind of looked at me funny. But yeah, I wow. call it. Self-preservation. Yeah, Bring it all back. It is. And I'm glad you perceived yourself, brother, because, you know, we might not have been able to have this conversation, although it's not on the, you know, under the best circumstances, but it didn't sound good what you just came from. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is what it is, is a, is a lot of ways I just take things nowadays. It's just, can't really well, control is, everything. right. Yeah, you can't really control everything. So I know I have certain problems I have to deal with, and I medicate myself the way I need to. The way that's that doesn't right. make that's me feel like I'm it just, just fighting yeah, flesh. No, you're doing exactly what you're supposed to do. Um, I was speaking more about it sounded bad trying to go get, quote, unquote, help from our medical professionals. Oh. Oh yeah, I mean it, it was that that sucked. I have to admit, like that, those were some of the worst years of my life. <clears throat> it really was. Like the medication, oh, like yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't function. I didn't want to do anything. I couldn't do anything. Half the time, I was passed out on the couch. From as soon as I took the medication. Well, I'm so glad that whoever peer pressured your ass into smoking that first bit of <laughs> cannabis again sure did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I thank her for that one. But yeah. I, well, I was, I was you know, I'm definitely, definitely stuck. <laughs> like, this this is definitely what I'll, I'll do to take care of myself. Yeah, and we're here to support you and support this movement until people like you can do so in the safety of your home, knowing that no boogeyman's going to show up with guns or an unmarked car trying to arrest you or put you into court and take you away from your children. That's not going to happen. You are aware. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.